Prepare today for your transition tomorrow. I'm your host, Paul Pantani, and I want to welcome you to the Transition Drill Podcast. I'll be talking with guests about their career journey and seeking their advice to help those planning a similar change. This week, I got to sit down with Clint Wansa. Clint was a cop in San Diego for 12 and a half years. And while he was a cop, he and a friend developed an app to simplify the collision reporting process for police officers. Once the app was ready to sell, a company not only offered to buy the app, but they also made a job offer. Today, Clint is a business development executive with Mark 43. In our conversation, Clint provides good advice for officers interested in transitioning to the corporate world, or more specifically, the software industry, especially those focusing on law enforcement products. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's get into episode 18. in your background before you started doing it? I did not. How did, I mean, um, so, are you, are you live by the way? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I went to, I'll just give you a background, I guess, real quick. So um, I used to live here in San Diego, and then my family and I moved to Florida my eighth grade year. So I What took your family to Florida? My dad semi-retired. He was his physician, and... Um, you know, go retire in Florida. I think that was the mentality and hey, let's move the family out there. Uh, but we're all back here since. So I spent eighth grade high school, college in Florida and made a lot of great friends. Um, uh, one of my best friends now, um, technology whiz, <laughs> this guy. And uh, so that wasn't your background. That was not my background. No. Um, with, with the app production and stuff, I was more on the business side of things. and. Um, he built the application, and then that's kind of the background about that. Well, I've known him since, again, eighth grade we met, and we've stayed in great friends since high school, college, uh, obviously till this day, and now he works at Mark 43 as well. So. Now, you said your dad was a physician. Any other law enforcement in your family? I had an uncle who was Secret Service, and um, that's it. Um, he's retired since, but I never had... Uh, I never grew up like wanting to be a cop, be a firefighter, um, outside of like, you know, being maybe a small kid, right? You know, you're <laughs> right. playing around. Um, but yeah, I, I went to college again with a finance degree in mind and I graduated with finance. And then I wanted to get into, uh, I thought at the time, investment banking. And I graduated in 2008, which is not the best time to graduate with a finance degree. But I was working for, at the time, uh, the Siemens Corporation as a financial controller. So Siemens is like the general electric of Europe. They're, right. they're, they're big out here as well. And uh, again, I had a pretty good job offer from that and I did really well during my, my internship. And it was nice because I was getting paid actually pretty good money for being a you know, uh, college senior. And um, so they had offered me a job and again, it was 2008 and I just had this feeling of, I'm 21 years old Am I going to sit behind a desk right now at 21, crunch these numbers for the rest of my life? I just... Sounds really exciting. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I did have a few more offers from for, uh, some financial institutions, like a Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch. Same thing, though. I, I thought, I'm 21. Um, and some of my other friends were going out. They were traveling. Yeah, we just spent four years in college. I, I didn't really want to do that. I kind of want to start something. Um, so I knew I wanted, didn't want to do that route. I didn't want to take a year or two off. 
And then something came over me where I wanted to give back to the community in some facet. And I almost went in the military, actually. And it's funny to say this, but the only reason I didn't go in the military is I didn't want to be told where to go. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to eventually go back out to San Diego. And I thought, I'll just be a cop in San Diego. Was there a single catalyst event that kind of no. caused that, that change in thought process? Not really. I think I just wanted to challenge myself. Um, again, I told you I had an uncle in the Secret Service. And I remember I went up there uh, to the training facility uh, before going to the, the police academy. And I mean, I had shot a few guns before then, but I actually got some really great training from him. And, um, you know, we even did like a little bit of defensive tactics and things like that. I thought, that's pretty cool. Um, and that again, that was 2008 when I graduated. And I got into the July 2008 Academy in San Diego. So it was a real quick trip, came out here. How many agencies did you test with? Just San Diego, that's it. Um, and I knew that the, the whole process could take anywhere from six months to a year, maybe longer. So I come out, I do the testing, and I did really well. And uh, I, I remember being in line there, and I was an out-of-state guy, so that helped. They had like a separate line of people out of state, they wanted to push them through. Easier to get to the front of the line. Oh yeah, there was only maybe 10 to 15 guys and girls there. And the rest of the line was all local, and it was like 250 strong, wrapped <laughs> around the building. So they, they uh, run me through, and I was like number two or three. And um, so did the obstacle course, went down to the, like the PIQ, and uh, a background investigator came over to me and said, so like, what's your story? What's going on? So I said, hey, I'm in Florida. I want to come back out here. And she goes, well, we'll put you through the hiring process, the whole thing in like one and a half, two weeks. And I said, wow, it usually takes like six months to a yeah, year. Pretty quick. Yeah, but she said, um, you know, we're hiring like crazy out of state. You have your degree. Um, I think this would be great. So um, because my dad was a physician, he had actually fixed up a few cops who came to the hospital before, and he had uh, established a couple of relationships with some, uh, I think at the time they were lieutenants and maybe a sergeant or two. And I met up with them, and they just kind of gave me the rundown. Because you always hear, hey, this is what you're going to make right. and this and that. But I wanted like the down and dirty, especially being finance. I was like, yeah, be honest. How much do I have to make, <laughs> you know, put away this and that? And um, again, I liked what I was hearing. And at the same time, um, it was a way for me to again give back to the community, I thought. And I still think to this day, it's great, it's a great profession. And um, it happened real fast. Again, I came back out to, to Florida, basically grabbed my stuff and moved cross country to the academy again in July 2008. Again, it was a quick month and a half, two months. Um, lived out here by myself. Um, academy is six months, and obviously the phase training is four months. And then I was 22 years old with a badge and a gun, and they said, go forth and conquer. Now, so, with, with a college degree underneath your belt when you came in, was, was there ever the thought of going the federal side, like FBI? Because I can imagine with an with yeah, economics degree, and they, they would have... Yeah, that. definitely. I definitely met with um, the FBI down here. Um, we actually had um, one individual that left San Diego PD to go to the FBI. We had another one that went to Secret Service, and obviously my uncle, you know. Um, so I had thought about that, but same thing. It was, I really liked where I lived and you would have to be told where to go. Right. Um, not that I wouldn't be able to do that for a couple years, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to create my own path here in San Diego. And the one thing for me, <clears throat> looking back with in the 12 and a half years I did, I got so blessed with 
supervisors and squads. I mean, I, I it was it was amazing. You always hear horror stories, right? right? You go to a different squad, this and that. You have a new guy coming in as a supervisor, and uh, I never had that. And I had a lot of great mentors, um, and you know, worked a lot of overtime. But uh, I was kind of able to make my own schedule up, and I got like pretty comfortable with things. So it was kind of like, yeah, police work is not routine. But you can make it routine, right? You you do what you need to do, and you work your four. We do four tens, right? And then I had three days off. And I'm sitting around, I'm like, man, I got three days off. I can go make some more money overtime, stuff like this. I don't know. Maybe like the finance in me was always like kind of <laughs> going around. I don't know. But um, yeah, so wanting to make money and going into law enforcement don't I know right? go together. But I was having fun, and and that's the thing. It's like you always hear like money's not everything. Like we both know tons of rich people who are miserable, right? Um, but I just wanted to be comfortable and I wanted to like what I did. And, and I found that with, with police. Um, yeah. When did, when did the idea start percolating to design an app? Um, okay. So I went, see, I was about eight years on, nine years on, I went back on my master's degree in uh, leadership and management. Um, I went through national university. I went through this expedited program. I did it in 13 months. Um, and same thing, I just wanted to like get in, get it over with and be done. I remember I was working graveyards too. But same thing, I had a, I had a supervisor at the time who um, I worked in a, you know, worked in an area at the time that was not very busy overnight. And he said, listen, handle your calls, do your stuff, write your papers on your downtime. Awesome. Very supportive of that. Um, just an example again, how I was blessed with the supervisor. But Alternate question then, yeah. going back to get your master's degree, were you starting to look towards the, the avenue of leadership? Yeah, yeah. So I took, actually before I left the PD, I was in the promotional process. But outside of that though, I really didn't have the desire to promote yet because I still wanted to, I didn't really know if I wanted to make law enforcement my career for 30, 35 years. And I commend the men and women who do that. That's, that's amazing. Um, but again, I just didn't know if this was something I was going to do. I was, um, you know, I was at the time, I was 31, 32, and I had 10 years on. So I'm like, okay, I got vested at 10, cool. A little bit of a milestone. Um, am I going to do this for another 20? And when I went back and got my master's, I said, okay, I'm a cop. I've got a finance degree, master's degree. I can go the promotional route. But I always have this... I had done this education. I never really got to apply it, I guess. Um, and I could have, I guess, when, if you, you know, um, move on and be kind of like some type of leadership role in the department. But um, I don't know, I just want to keep my options open. So I started interviewing at a few financial firms, never thinking that I was actually even going to get a look. But um, I actually went on a trip with my wife to New York because I had some interviews there at some of these investment banking firms. And I remember sitting in one of the interviews and I had this panel in front of me and here I am like, you know, what am I doing here? I'm on the umpteenth floor of some high rise. And uh, this guy sitting across from me goes, do you have any cool police stories? And I said, I do, but are we gonna talk about the job? And like, we hit it off really well. And, um, you know, I just, it never came into fruition and I'm, I'm thankful now that it didn't. But I mean, I probably interviewed, and when I say like interviews, I mean, even just talking to people to hear, you learn more about what you don't want to do, right? Right. Sometimes. Um, I probably talked to 
50 to 100 people. You yeah. know, the interview process in New York, those panels, yeah. compare them to what it was like doing a police interview. Or Everything police. was so easy in a sense of, because we deal with such stress, it was kind of like, I felt like I was in the driver's seat. Um, there's a little bit of the nerves though, because like you're, you're getting into possibly a new field. Um, we can talk about that in a second, but uh, sitting across from people, you, you talk to people all the time when you're a police officer. I think that's something that is really undervalued with guys and girls who are going to leave um, or thinking about leaving is like, there's a lot of great characteristics that you have as a law enforcement professional. Um, and I got to see that firsthand. I think. I imagine that command presence is definitely something not to undermine the civilian sector, but law enforcement and military definitely bring a command presence to yeah. any situation that they're in. So you're definitely probably going to be in a, in an environment where I'll loosely use, you could almost be intimidating to yeah, a so. bunch of finance people. Sure, sure. Um, I never really got that sense, though, but I, I can imagine, yes, you could. Um, I think maybe it's like check your ego out the door a little bit, right? Right. And, uh, um, but yeah, so that was, so we went out there and, and again, I had a lot of great interviews and talked to a lot of great people. Did you end up getting a job offer? Um, I got one, and it was like a polite decline. Um, the other ones too were like having to move there in New York, uh, not to knock New York, but um, you know, my wife's a, a SoCal girl as well. And it's like, um, we're both from here. So I don't know, we just like where we live. And um, again, I found out more about what I didn't want to do as well. But you at least rolled the dice and gave it a shot. Yeah. And I think, you know, for anybody listening or watching, it's, you, you just kind of, the hardest thing to do, my, my parents always told me this, the hardest thing to do is to start something. There's a million ways, of, or a million reasons to talk yourself out of something. It, it is. And what do you have to lose? Um, I always tried to operate too with a safety net. I said, okay, if this didn't work out, I'm still, I have a great, great profession right now. Um, but I just want to put the feelers out there. And again, I talked to, I probably talked about 50, probably about 75 people. Again, I said 50 to 100, but about 75 people and whether or not that's a mixture of interviews or, again, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody in a different field, um, because you can get really, again, if you, if you go public safety, public safety, public safety, you're only going to be in public safety, which is fine. But I remember guys coming up to me and they said, oh, you have your degrees. Um, should I go get my, my degree in criminal justice? And I, I say, well, it depends. Do you? Do you want to stay criminal justice or do you kind of want to make yourself like if you're sitting across the because you're just a piece of paper at the time. So they're going to look at you and go, especially now when you apply online and things, I think like there's probably some system where they just shoot you to the side and you don't even have business on there. Um, but I would tell them, no, go do something else. Like I kick myself that I didn't do history. I, I love history. And just, I mean, people go, well, history degree, but yeah, but it's interesting. And it's something that you can talk about. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting across the table from somebody. And you never know. You, this person might have their history degree or something. Um, but you're going to be talking public safety, and they're going to be like, how does that apply here? Criminal justice degrees are definitely one of those. If you're staying in the criminal justice field, it's, it's the way to check a box to have the degree. Yeah. But it's a very limited. You, you could almost equate it to somebody who goes to get a, a degree in 14th century poetry. Right. You know, it's going to have a very small, limited use set outside of that environment. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, 
again, it was one of my things. I just wanted to always keep my options open. Um, I was even hesitant about getting my master's in leadership management because I was like, that's eh, kind of businessy. I already have a bachelor's business. You know, should I go do something else like you know, history? But then I'm like, I don't know. Let's just do this. And this also program was only 13 months. So I didn't want to spend, you know, two and a half years or more trying to get like some history master's where it's, I don't know. I don't even know if I made like the prereqs for it. Who knows? <laughs> go all the way back. So you, you went through the process down the avenue of going going to the financial sector. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up happening. Yeah. Stayed in law enforcement, obviously, a few more years. Yeah. Again, yeah. What was the what was the next avenue or, or pathway out? Yeah. Um so again, it, it sounds weird because I I still had a really good time being a cop. Um, I don't miss like the day-to-day stuff, um, but I do miss the camaraderie and who you're around and, and um, that's great. And again, you learn so much as a cop, I mean, you know, um, right around year, right after I actually pretty much got vested, right around year 10, a little after that, um, my buddy who I was talking about before came out here with his wife, did like an LA trip and, and stuff. And um, my wife and I met up with them in LA and, um, not a police officer. Not a police officer. Um, very successful in the tech tech world. Um, but he was also like consulting at the time. Uh, and I said, hey, I got this idea for uh, an app. Um, you want to build it? <laughs> and because uh, I could have gone the route and tried to find somebody and, and pay them and this and that. And I was kind of taking a shot with my friend and saying, and in like a polite way, he kind of blew me off and said, yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I said, that's fine. I get it. And then, you know, we had to proceed to have a nice time with him in LA. And then two weeks later, he called me and he says, well, hey, you know that app idea you had? I said, yeah. He goes, there's nothing really out there like it. I said, yeah, that's why I asked you. And I don't expect him to know that because, again, he's not, he's not a police officer. And he goes, well, let's see what we can do. Take a shot. And then I think like two weeks after that, he had like this really cool beta looking thing. Now, what was the specific niche that you wanted to yeah, so, accomplish in that app? So... Uh, for those of you listening, you know that um, traffic collisions are not the sexiest part of police work, right? <laughs> don't, don't tell that to a motor. Exactly. But, you know, for, for a patrol officer, right, it can, especially down here in San Diego, I think we do upwards at the time 15,000 documented crashes a year. It's a lot. And, you know, a lot of agencies are understaffed. And I remember, especially, it always seemed to happen on a Friday, right? Uh, I had multiple traffic accident reports that I had to do. And I had all my sheets of paperwork out there. And um, I said, man, it's my Friday. The radio's going off. You're like trying to be picky and choosy. Should I go to this? Is someone else going to answer up on that? And I hadn't even touched my paperwork yet. And I said, wow, that'd be really cool if I could have worked on this during my patrol shift or something. Like between breaks, whatever. I mean, I often rode with a, with a buddy. So um, he could drive around and I could do this on the app or something. And um, ironically, actually, that day, I remember vividly, I had this paperwork out, and the, my buddy who ended up building the application texted me and like, called me or something. And I remember looking at the phone and like, man, what if I just put these papers on this phone? And that's kind of how that, that happened. And um, so, yeah, the, the application itself is, is it's on your, it's mobile, it's cross-platform, cross-device, so... The idea was for officers to show up on scene, start clicking, um, scanning driver's licenses, taking photos of license plates, uploading all that information up, and basically filling out those those forms, those state forms. Um, 
and then they could go back on their desktop and polish off their narrative, whatever they needed to do. Um, so that was the idea. From inception planning to application, what was the? How long did it take? Oh, we probably about two years. But we were also I was working full time, more than full time because I was doing a lot of overtime. Uh, my buddy was also working um, again as a consultant for multiple firms. So it was like a, a kind of like a side hobby for us. And then when we started getting this beta testing out there, um, and we saw that how much officers were liking it. We kind of looked at it like. All right, there's something here. Like we need to be a little bit more aggressive, maybe, in actually forming a, com a company and seeing what we can do. Um, so that whole process for me, that was really the first time that I actually applied, I guess, my education to something, um, and I liked it. I liked figuring out that process out. When you were moving forward with it, did you have to? Was there any consultation with your agency in getting? approval to do it or was that even he yeah i talked to them um you know you don't shit where you eat so at the same time like i used i, I didn't do anything on company time uh, uh, department time nothing like that um, i was very strict about that and i really didn't want anybody to know actually and um you know i had officers that i knew use it but off duty on the side just to get their feedback but yeah i had filled out like an outside request you know, what's that outside employment request form, things like that. So I got all that approved. Um, yeah, so the question was your agency, the first agency to start deploying it once no. it was a public, uh, no, an available product? No. Did, did they did they end up adopting it? That's any not yet, not yet, because the whole, I've only been with Mark 43 now for about 15 months. And when we first came over, uh, we had to do some work for Mark 43's customers on the East Coast. So now we're getting back into California. And we'll work our way there to yeah. you selling your company. <laughs> um, so the process, you have the designing of an app, and then you need to make it available. I don't like a podcast. Yeah. What's the process to make an app available to the public? Yeah. Um, well, for us, it was building a niche app and already a niche industry, right? Um, you don't expect to get someone down the street and say, like, hey, can you try this collision reporting application for police officers? <laughs> like... Screw you, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so again, it, it was a lot of testing. It was a lot of, um, and for me, it was, a, it was a total learning experience because I'm not tech savvy. I'm, I'm way more now than I used to be, but I wasn't at the time at all. Um, I relied heavily on, on uh, my business partner. And we had to, again, build this beta, um, get people using it, again, off-duty and all that. Uh, and just getting the feedback and then just making these adjustments in the way that it was built, it was really easy to make the adjustments um, for him. I say like, easy, air quotes, right? He's fighting. There's nothing <laughs> easy about it. Um, but again, it was, we had to make this decision to, are we going to build this business um, and we're going to run with it or are we going to build it and potentially sell it? Um, and again, it's a super, like I said, a, a, an industry where, you know, you have some heavy hitters in that industry. There's only so many. Uh, it was going to be a hard one to kind of break into. And not to get like too technical with it, but part of this whole thing was, you know, the lifeblood of police work is records management systems and computer-aided dispatch the CAD. And trying to get integrated with one of those, uh, I think was crucial for, for the application, which we did. Well, and the problem is, is that, 
you could have 10 agencies adjacent to each other and they all run different CAD systems. Exactly. So, so getting that connectivity across multiple platforms just adds to the problem. Yeah, that, and we had to look at it, how much money did we want to put into this thing? Um, and how much of the problem did we want to solve? Or could we give it to somebody to help solve this? And that's what we chose to do. Um, but again, the learning process from it was like even, even developing uh, the business contracts, like the, the articles of incorporation for the business and um, getting the attorneys on it and looking at the patent stuff. And, the, you know, that was just a whirlwind for me. And it was fun, though, because when I would go, you know, work my shift at, at the police department, this is what I was doing off duty. And it was kind of giving me like a new lifeblood a little bit like, okay, this is something that I'm working towards and it's fun. Um, there was definitely some like hard times in the sense of this is just like, hey, we're not, this is not working or um, it's just maybe a little bit too stressed, something like that. Um, but yeah, because the entire time, both you and your partner were doing this on the side. So yeah. you're trying to squeeze the hours in the right. day to try to get this app yeah. going. And you got to look at it that, again, we have the four 10-hour shifts we do. And then, okay, I could go work another 10-hour shift for overtime and make, you know, good money. Or I could devote that day to the application. Or, or I'm working, oftentimes I worked uh, all my days off um, just because it was there. It's like, okay, I'll eat up the overtime. Um, but you just kind of have to make those choices on a on a week by week basis. Um, for somebody who's potentially thinking about designing an app, and don't, obviously, don't do it. <laughs> okay, yeah. real simple, yeah. we're done. Yeah. The developing the app has to be the first inception because you you could have the idea, but until you start putting it in in place, sure. there's nothing there. So I can see you're developing the app, but at what point do you pivot and go, okay, now that we're building this app, we need to build a business? Or did you get it all done and then go, okay, let's build a business? Well, I think one thing was the application, we wanted to make sure that we were protected as far as any type of um, intellectual property. Um, so that kind of led to something where we did file for a patent because we do have some things in there. Um, so we needed a, basically a business entity to be able to do some of this stuff. What's the process like for applying for a patent? It's it's pretty much impossible to get a patent on software these days. Um, but if you find like a little something in there that can latch on to that, you just take it around with it. So that process in itself is, I mean, we have to hire, we hired a, a patent attorney. And so it's not something you can do your, do yourself? Uh, no. I, you or not recommended? I would not recommend it at all. I mean, the paperwork behind that itself was probably 200 some pages, maybe. I don't know. Definitely get somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, and it's, it's, it has to be worded a certain way. I mean, there's, there's a reason there's patent attorneys, let's put it that way. Um, so again, that was one of those things that I made, like friend of a friend, nice connection there, and he took it around with it, and somebody that you trust, and you kind of don't, you gotta learn, like, it's kind of like your baby, right? But then you gotta learn to be like, okay, you take good care of it. And that's just live and learn. I mean, we definitely had some attorneys along the way too with the business that they were, they're really great. I think people, um, I remember one specific one where we were just writing up the actual articles of incorporation for the company. And, um, there was something in there about wheelchairs and my buddy and I were like, did he just copy and paste this from something else? <laughs> and he did. And it's like overlooked. So you kind of like check the attorney's work in that case and stuff. And it was just, it was just funny. We, we talked about it now. Like, yeah, our application does stuff with the church. 
Yeah, just because you're you're using the services of an attorney doesn't mean that you shouldn't be, you know, yeah, going yeah, over over the the contracts mm -hmm. or the the paperwork with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, and and that's you know if you're working those shifts and you come home at night and you're like, I gotta look over this document and again you put all that aside and you get it done just because you know this is what you're passionate about at the time. So um, yeah, I guess it was I don't know it's it was a lot of work, but. It happened real fast too, so it actually went by pretty quick. Looking back on it now, looking back on it now, yeah, absolutely. Because um, again, I've only been now fifteen months with the new company, and uh, yeah, and I, maybe too, like the police work was a little bit of a distraction too, which is good. Um, it's not tough to say that, but <laughs> people are really like, <laughs> Overall, did the did the platform or did the application ever go? live natively to where it was available to people before you ever sold your company? Uh, no, not officially, no. Uh, we had, again, some departments testing it out for us on a pilot basis, and that's when we were like, oh, okay, there's something here. Like, we, um, there was no, it was strictly to for us to get information about how to make it better. Um, there was no monetary exchange. It was a pilot, here you go, let me know if you like it, here's my background, am I barking up the wrong tree? Um, I, if you want to tell me to go pound sand, tell me to go pound sand. Um, but we didn't get that. We got we actually got the opposite. Like, hey, you're on to something. And um, yeah, so we ended up uh, we ended up uh, basically going to like an expo up in uh, Long Beach, and um, we met some some good RMS and CAD vendors, and uh, that's kind of where the conversation started. So the the offers to buy your company actually came before you actually yeah launched yeah. the application yeah. And um, yeah, we had some offers and we said no, and we obviously said yes to one, and there you go. So you sold it to Mark 43? Yep. Um, what's Mark 43 about? Yeah, so we do computer-aided dispatch and records management systems. Um, the amazing thing about Mark 43 is it's cloud-native, so um, it's pretty rare um, for something like that. Again, being around old clunky systems that you and I have been around, right? Um, all that's on-prem, meaning that you got to have these big servers and you got to have all this hardware associated with, with running this, these systems. And um, you don't need that with, with Mark 43. And I love what they've been doing. They've been, again, I think, shaking up the industry in a very positive way. And um, we're excited to add this application to, to their platform. So for anybody who's kind of following along, yeah. you didn't just sell your application you actually got brought on to their company. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that something you wanted or they off, They just happened to offer it? Um, we met them in New York and we had that discussion. Um, and yeah, that's actually something I wanted. Um, I wouldn't say I went there thinking that, but I think we had really good discussions and I kind of saw it leaning that way. And I think there's a lot of value um, in bringing somebody who has prior law enforcement experience into that industry. Um, I've sat in on demos when I was with the force of people trying to pitch me, this is the latest, greatest thing, you're really gonna like it. And you kind of turn around and you say, well, what, what did you do to make me think that? Like, are you just, not, not to knock those people in the industry, but do you have any prior law enforcement experience? Because otherwise it's, you're just telling me I need something, but do you think that I need it? So, was it hard for you to make the decision to walk away from law enforcement? No, 
Um, again, I miss the camaraderie, but the day to day, no, because I, I never really saw myself doing it for X amount of years more. If I, but if I did, I would be happy with it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I just, um, there was an opportunity there. I thought a great opportunity and you know, the application is kind of like your baby, right? So you wanted to watch it grow <laughs> and, um, I got to, I got the best, I guess, of both worlds there. So I got to watch it grow and watching it grow and, and got hired on as a, um, on the face of the growth team, business development executives, my title, but, um, yeah, I get to work a lot with the product team and I get to love, work a lot with sales. And, um, I get to be in these demonstrations with, um, the, what am I trying to say? Like the captains and the, the higher ups there and the, the chiefs. So you're still interacting on the regular. Oh yeah. Law enforcement. Yeah. And that's like my, that's my favorite, my favorite part of this job is one is it's kind of hard being on site during the, the pandemic, but when you can get on site with, these agencies and you can talk to them and they find out your background, you really just start talking about other stuff actually. And that's really cool. And you make that connection and there's that trust there. Was Mark 43 started by law enforcement? Uh, no. So they were started by three um, Harvard grads. Well, they were students at the time in the engineering school and um, they're basically tasked to solve a problem. And I think that some of the co-founders had law enforcement in their family. But they basically found this uh, gap in the information out there, and they wanted to try and make it better. And that's kind of how, how it started, not to get too into how they started. But. If somebody's not designing an app but wanted to go work for a company like Mark 43, what kind of skill set would they need to bring to the table? Well, yeah, I think since I've been there, um, I've definitely got reached out to by um, whether it's you know, people that I know or, or um, whether or not it's people I went actually through like um, maybe the business school with and stuff. Um, they, I think, I think they're trying to look for like that, that next thing in regards to, uh, are, you talking more, are you talking more about like law enforcement in general? Are you talking more? No, like, somebody's looking to make a transition. Okay. Okay. You know, they, they see the, there, there are other We're companies. talking about, yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess that's it, because like, I don't want to like, tell people not to be law enforcement professionals, right? Because again, this is still a great career. I just think that um, we definitely look for people who are good at um, interacting with, like command staff is great. Um, I think doing demonstrations of these products that we have, and you have that, that past experience, is crucial because you're, you're in it. And... Um, you know, not, not a civilian can't say, yeah, I went to this uh, 211, which is robbery, you know, and I was able to pull this up real quick and this and that and like actually show how the, how the flow goes. But a police officer can, right? You can say like, this is how we check for warrants and this is how we did X, Y, and Z. And you can show that to, to these departments. So, so having that knowledge base when you're doing a demonstration to an agency is mm -hmm. definitely a plus because... It's, it's simply like reading a script and it says, and in this box, it refers to a license plate, yeah. want and yeah. warrant check. I mean, yeah. if you don't know what that means. Right. right. Not being able to make the connection. And if you can like say your 10 codes, for instance, when you're talking to somebody, like that's a, it sounds funny to us, but that's like a positive because they go, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, the thing about the industry itself is compared to law enforcement, it is kind of like slow moving. 
because we're so used to handling a call, moving on to the next one, handling a call, moving to the next one. This one, you have like a lot of um, processes you have to go, like for instance, an RFP, request for a proposal, like these cities, they push these things out and you got to like, it's basically their wish list, right? And they send it to you and you kind of say, okay, we can do X, Y, and Z. Let's schedule a demo. That um, might not be for X amount of months later, almost a year later, but you still have to like make these relationships um, because you never know when the next like cycle will come up for them to be able to purchase your product. And um, again, we have, you just kind of show it along the way and hey, uh, remember me? Like I have this crash product. You guys looking for a crash product? Nah, not right now, but maybe like in six months. You never know. Um, you know, we're here if you need it type thing. An odd question. So you joked earlier about if somebody wants to design an app, like don't do it. Hindsight being 2020, if you could go back and do it again, would you still go down this path? I would. Um, there's things I would do differently, and that's more like business related. Like, but you have to you have to talk to certain people to again find out what not to do. What would you do differently? Um, I think looking at it, if I knew how much it was to do it. Um, I would probably like financially like find other ways to like I don't want to get too into details, but <laughs> I would I would do something different than what I did. Um, we did have like an angel investor that we brought in, um, and he was great. Um, so I don't know, maybe I would like ask around a little more, try to get more perspective on things. Maybe bring maybe a few more people in, um, maybe to take some of the workload off. Um, some like just things like that. Are there avenues for it, um, seeking out investors for this type of uh, business venture? There probably are, but I didn't go that traditional route. I just happened to know people who knew people, and um, that was it. I just, uh, and I, I think I also too had like this this set amount of money that I was willing to like push into this development, and if I reached that point. Then it's like, hey, we can't, we can't do this. Without going into specific details, mm -hmm. if somebody was thinking about going down this process, hey, I got this idea for an app, yeah. I want to develop it, I want, what kind of money would they anticipate spending? Mm, I would say, and they don't have any tech experience, nothing. Um, let's assume that they're, they don't, they don't have a friend they, that knows they how to code. Oh so man. Uh, they can think it depends on the app, but I mean, you could, you could spend, What's a ballpark? I mean, you could spend anywhere from a, like a million bucks at, at the least sometimes, um, depending on like what it takes. But I would say, you know, to get like good developers, this is something that was really new to me. We actually built out like a, a skeleton crew of a potential company if we were going to build this out. And I think it was going to be like 140 grand just for one developer. Um, so if you take that and multiply that by maybe three or four, you know, you're already at half a million bucks and then you're hoping that, oh, um, we're hoping you guys build this quick. <laughs> so we have to keep paying. Because um, the one intangible that you per se can't measure is I'm sure you and your partner didn't track the number of hours right, you we worked did. on this. So those are the, those are the, the hidden costs. So to sure, speak. sure. And again, it was, it was, it was like life saving, uh, turn of events or whatever that he was able to do what he did. Um, and again, I could have gone the route like, like we just talked about and hired people to do it, but you know, there's that risk is, am I gonna hire these people and spend X amount of money and not come into fruition? Uh, 
was there ever a point with the app where it just seemed to kind of hit some hurdles where mm. it didn't seem like it was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think that's with everything, but we were pretty determined. Um, yeah, so we, we definitely hit it, but I don't think to the point where we were like, hey, we're not going to do this. We were, again, we were very fortunate that things kind of fell into place when they, when they were supposed to fall into place. Um, but I don't really remember a time where I was like, hey, man, we got to shut this down. Um, but you went to that one tech conference and ended up getting some yeah. connections, ultimately selling the company. But at that point in time, when you were about to release it, what was the, the avenue to make it available to everybody in your mind, or at least based on your business plan? Um, one, I wanted to again, get integrated with the, my business plan was, okay, this app is, we think it's great because we've been around it for so long. So I was a little hesitant, like are other people still going to think it's great, you know, because again, it's your thing. You, you look at it with, you know, your bright eyed, bushy tail. Um, but I really wanted to get it integrated in a bigger system. Um, that was the path forward for me because I saw the benefits of if you're a police officer and you go to a crash scene and you have your, your RMS system that you use, wouldn't that be great if you just scanned, you know, P1's license and you're like, oh, this guy's already in our system. I can just pull, pull the information over so I don't have to retype everything in. Like that was the, the path I saw. And obviously we were able to do that. Um, so is that interesting? I mean, that's, that was like the main thing for me was we need to get this absorbed and adopted by a bigger system, way bigger system. Because again, crash reporting itself is maybe 10% of an officer's job, maybe, um, depending on where you work. Some people, some guys and girls don't even do it, right? I think CHP here does a lot of um, traffic reports for, for agencies. Um, so what I'm getting at is the plan wasn't simply on somebody's phone, go to the iTunes app store and download your app. Um, you were looking at more of a selling it as a platform yeah, as your yeah, company. Yeah, because, because again, you're not, you're not going to sell this to somebody walking down the street. You're, walking, you're, going to, you're going to sell this to a police agency. And with that comes a lot of security around it, right? Um, so, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really expect. I mean, you can't get on it now. You can't go on the um, iTunes store now or uh, Apple store now or Android store. Um, because we built it in a way, actually, we built it. It's called Progressive Web App Technology. So it's literally a browser, and it, but it acts and, and feels just like an application you have on your cell phone. Um, so again, like the agency purchases it, they have their specific secure um, browser there, and they just add it like on their home screen to their phone. Um, so yeah, I but mean, it's got to be integrated with their entire platform. The RMS, or, yeah, the Records Management System, yeah. We have the ability to possibly do it as a standalone, um, but again, you kind of lose some of that being able to link the vehicle profiles and people profiles if you're not linked to an RMS. Um, but you can still use it and you know, it functions all that. Um, Did both you and your partner come over to Mark 43? Yeah. Yeah, he's one of our directors of product. And where do you see your future going? Kind of staying in this? Yeah, thing? I mean, I love this role. I love the work-life balance. Um, I get to travel a little bit here and there. Um, again, I really, now that the pandemic is over or seems to be getting over, uh, cause when I got onboarded, that was right in the, right in the middle of it. And it was a really weird transition for me to be now at home working remotely. And I don't, you know, I'm not checking in and out of work. Right. I go downstairs. I'm like, okay, I'm at my office, whatever. Um, where's your company headquartered at? In New York, New York. 
Um, and we have offices in, in other locations across the country. Um, we actually have one in um, Australia as well. About how big as far as employees was? Well, we are, I think we're right around the four, a little over 400 mark now. And um, before the pandemic, we were at 250. So it actually grew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're hiring like crazy. And do you work with or know of other officers that are with your company? Um, from prior? Well, there's definitely, we have probably about, I'd say, 20 to 25 maybe prior law enforcement. So working for us? Definitely somebody who might have an interest in, in this field. Oh, yeah. Give your company a look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a learning curve. It's sometimes like learning a new language because, you know, I'm not, I wasn't tech savvy. I'm not saying I'm tech savvy now, but you got to learn a lot of acronyms. And, and that. I had like a couple screens up, like talking to somebody <laughs> on the Slack channel. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm just tapping on the side. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, we're, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool to go with, again, I left the field of public safety in, in the long, or I'm sorry, in the patrol setting, but I'm still healthy in public safety, which is cool. Yeah, I, got, I got real lucky. So you're using your prior experience to benefit your interactions mm -hmm. for your company. Yeah, yeah. What's been your experience making the transition from law enforcement to the corporate world? Ooh, good question. Um, kind of touched on it, a few of them, but going from you know, working a very high, highly driven radio call area, which I came from, um, you know, you're going to have some downtime in the corporate world, and you got to just prioritize your time. Just nothing, you know, and I think that's what law enforcement does really well already. So anybody looking to transition, that's a great skill that you have. Um, but the role that I'm in is also trying to set up like future pipeline, right? Like what's, what's, what's it look like for Q3 of 2022? And do you have customers out for that or, or you know, even further past that? Um, so that's something that's definitely, uh, I've had to learn a little bit. Um, I also think that the learning, again, the language, you, you work a lot with people who are very tech savvy. Um, we work a lot with some engineers and trying to bridge that connection of this is my prior experience, what your prior experience is, and like where can we meet in the middle? Um, that's why I said like I get to work with the product team a little bit. Like they'll shoot me a note and say like, hey, um, can we use your experience? We want to throw an idea at you that we have that we're trying to build. Um, as an officer in, in the car, do you like the way that this looks? You know, if you're talking to the design team or something. And that's really cool to like, have somebody ask you for that experience and you're looking at them like, man, I, I can't do what you do, you know, because they're just, they're, it's amazing what, what technology is out there. But being able to see the flip side, they don't understand what you used to do. Right. They're, they've got a concept and an idea, mm -hmm. but they have no way to, to know about actual application. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we'll just schedule a meeting and we'll just, they'll ask me about my, my background and experience and like, Hey, what were you feeling like when you went to, let's say, a shooting scene? Like, what was going through your mind? What were you looking for on the screen? And it's cool to see them like take that because because public safety software in general, or I'm sorry, historically has has never had that. I think, and especially with you know mobile devices now, I think I think the men and women out coming out of the academy are expecting to have certain things on their phone already, and um, it's a it's a it's an interesting time to be a cop too, right? Um, I mean, I, I only did twelve and a half years, but I saw a huge change in that twelve and a half years. And I remember asking a lot of um, people I worked with who had the thirty plus years on, 
what did you, how has this changed for you? And it's just like a laundry list. Um, but to be able to, I think, use the technology that we have today to better the policing for again, these men and women coming out of the academy. It's like, you don't, because it becomes an officer safety issue too. If you're out of, out of your car and you're checking on somebody, and if you have, if you have coverage and all that, but um, if you're checking something on your phone real quick, suddenly you're going all the way back to the car, you're gonna have to like transport you know, this guy and girl, um, to be able to have all that stuff, and it, it's there, it's available, but um, it's trying to get over that hurdle of getting it to the officer, right? right. And again, yeah, that's a whole other process going through the city and budgets and things like that. But again, the stuff is out there. Um, and for me, um, at a department where we, again, we have good technology, um, and I get it now being on this side of things, like why it takes a long time to get certain things done. I get that. Um, there's some things that are coming down the pipe, I think, that are pretty cool that I wish I would have had for sure. Um, well, you bring up a great point is for somebody thinking about potentially making this transition, you could think of it in a small world perspective and say, oh, it's just tech. It's just computers and, and, and applications. But truly, like you hit the nail on the head, information equals officer safety. And if you can develop or be part of a, a company that develops the ability to get officers' information quicker and in a more safer environment, then you are still having a direct impact on the lives of every law enforcement officer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, any other closing advice for somebody <laughs> looking to make this change? Again, I kind of, I kind of started out with, and the hardest thing to do is just to start something. And I'm always a big fan of operating with a safety net if you can. Um, just, just like put it out there and if you got an idea, run with it. And if it doesn't work out, okay, you still have a great, great career. Um, I get asked that all the time. Like, um, are you so glad to be out of police? Like, you know, they see what's going on, not to get political or anything like that. But I, I am, but I'm also not like, yeah, I, I it, it helped me to where I am today. And I really, really value that. I mean, going back when I was 22 and had a badge and a gun, I remember going to like my first domestic violence call and they've been married 30 plus years and the guy's looking at me like, oh, what am I going to tell yeah, you? Yeah, uh, you know, we've all been there. And that's like something that still registers and will always will register with me because you learn so much life experience. Um, but just don't be tied down, I think, into law enforcement, law enforcement, law enforcement. If you are wanting to go get your, your degree, um, great. It's up to you. But have like another interest if you and that's have a fallback option yeah if you're, if you're looking to potentially get out that's all and it sounds weird to say get out but we, we know what we mean by that um but yeah have have a fallback option have a few um yeah, i'm trying to think if i ever interviewed at something like totally random i think somebody like interviewed me for like a marketing position one time i was like uh, we can get that that's like, <laughs> like random that's like a friend of a friend i don't know um but uh yeah, and I just, I happened to have an interest in technology, which led me to where I'm at today. And I just kind of ran with it. And again, if it didn't work out, I still had a great career. Um, and, uh, yeah. If somebody out there has an interest in technology, is it okay if they reach out to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, LinkedIn the best way? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can reach out uh, Clint Wansa at Gmail. 
There you go. I'll put the I'll put both your LinkedIn yeah yeah connection and your Gmail yeah. in the show notes or even my uh, my Mark forty three email Clint dot wants at Mark forty three dot com. Um, again, we're we're hiring too. We we really value again the prior law enforcement experience because we love we love law enforcement. That's what we do. We support technology that supports supports all you. So what what ratio of your jobs allow people to work remotely? Ooh, um, and uh, you can pretty much be remote. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely there. Yeah. If you're looking for a job that necessarily you don't want to relocate or you're in a position where you want to work from home. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the position as well. I mean, if you want to do like a sales position, which can get a little hard, I think too, for, um, prior law enforcement, because like you're going to have a quota things. And, I, and I've heard this before from people at the company that they're like, yeah, cops don't really like quotas in the sense of like, you know, um, so if you're to the writer, <laughs> yeah, um, there's no quotas. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it just depends on the role. Um, again, if you're going to be some type of sales role, you're going to be traveling a little bit. So you're pretty much remote. You don't, you know, you don't have an actual office that you can go to. You can go if you're close by. Sure. Um, you know, if you're more on the implementations or engineering side, that's really remote as well. Um, I think every single position is pretty much can be remote. And I think that's a lot of the trend that we're seeing too in just the industry as well. Right. Um, you know, this, this pandemic showed us that we can do a lot from, from home. So, um, and, you know, businesses too are like, well, we don't need to have an office open. Right? Save us money. Yeah, we don't need to pay the rent, do all that stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. No, thank and, you. Uh, it's great what you're doing. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed it. Not only is the podcast available on audio platforms, but you can also watch it on YouTube at the Transition Drill Podcast channel. Please subscribe for future episodes. The best way you can help the show is by getting the word out. If you think somebody else might enjoy it, I would appreciate it if you would share it with them. Also, if you have the time, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating. I welcome your feedback, both positive and negative. You can also go to the website, transitiondrillpodcast.com. And through the contact tab, send a message directly to my email with any comments or suggestions. Thank you again, and I hope you tune in for the next one.